0: Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game. Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. You must be the change you wish to see in the world. And that is a quote supposedly by Mahatma Gandhi. Although some of the sources say no, but I'm just going with it. And it is our guest, Jane Goodrich's favorite quote. So welcome again, and thank you for listening to The Profitable Photographer. I'm still Lucy Dumas, and I still (laughs) want to help you have all the success in the world. This morning, I was looking on a website, Facebook group, that was about people from my high school who have passed away. And as I scrolled down, scrolled down, scrolled down, I was like, holy cow, those senior pictures are important because over and over again, and and these people, well, anyway, I just want to shout out to people who do senior portraits for you to understand what you're doing is really important. And for some people, it is the only time They've ever and will ever have a professional portrait. So give it your all, honor what you're doing, and um, people all over the world appreciate you, even though they don't know who you are. Maybe later. Um, did
1: that make any sense, Jane? That that did. That did. That was. I was actually uh, very. Um, in, I was choking up a little bit because uh-huh. I do. Um, I do realize that. I mean, that is so important to have photographs when there is a passing of somebody and they just pull out the photographs that they have. Or, you know, if my grandmother passed away and I was lucky that I had photographed her um, just to have a portrait of her, mm-hmm. um, even for the funeral. And so it was it is very important to what we do. And that shouldn't be taken lightly. Right. So.
0: Right. Uh, it. Thank you. And it, it just dawned on me that like the senior portrait seems like maybe inconsequential. And it it just really hit me this morning. No, it's not. It's not it, not. And I was the editor of my high school yearbook, so I had a lot of senior portraits that I worked with. I didn't take them. Anywho, so we're going to get started. And I want to introduce Jane Goodrich. She although she sounds like she's English. She lives in New York, correct?
1: I live in New York, yes, Yes. and originally from England. Yes. (laughs) Been here a while, so the accent's reduced a little bit. A little bit, yep.
0: So she's an amazing newborn and family photographer. If you go to your website, you'll be like, oh, gorgeous. She is a seasoned expert in the biz. She mentors, and she is the founder of Pixello. Yep. And Pixello is a software that I'll ask her later in the show a little bit more about that, but it's to make your life easier and more profitable. Um, Okay. And she's also taught classes and seminars uh, such as the PPA, Anna Brandt's Baby University, the Baby Summit, the Milky Way's Business Retreat, and more. Mm-hmm. And she has shared her invaluable insights through platforms like Petapixel. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what that is.
1: Yeah. Um, so hello. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I really love your show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> That's funny. We, we, we've already had nice conversations before we started. So now we have to we have to get serious and and actually share some
1: cool stuff so how did you get into photography um so and I will try and be quick um because it's sort of a little bit of a long story but um so I've been doing full-time photography for 13 years prior to that I worked in advertising uh have my MBA I wanted to be you know work for Procter & Gamble but then one day I was like I need to be a photographer um I grew up in a household full of cameras and my older sister was a photographer and my second older sister has a small business and I was determined that I was going to do something different because I'm also an identical twin. So mm-hmm. I needed something for myself. And then, you know, 14 years ago, I was like, why are you not doing what you love? And mm. so that, um, that sort of spurred on my transition to photography and Back, that was sort of back in 2009 um so yeah, that's sort of my history of um and I love children I love families uh I I wish I could photograph newborns every day mm.
0: yeah I'm a often called the baby whisperer by <laughs> myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'm thinking of uh maybe even volunteering at hospitals just to hold babies <laughs> yeah I, I now Jane. I did weddings for 10 years, and then kids, babies, specifically, and little ones for about 10. And then it morphed into family portraits. And I really miss having those little babies on my shoulder and, <laughs> yeah. and stuff. So um, so what I hear is the photography
1: is kind of in your DNA. Yeah.
0: And you went to business school. Mm-hmm. So best of both worlds.
1: Yeah, and I have the marketing side where I work for you know ad agencies and building brands. So I feel lucky in the fact that I was able to take what I learned in my MBA, and my dad's a business, a professor of business too. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of in drilled in. His was actually more tailored towards musicians, but um, it was always like a art and business conversation. So mm-hmm. it just always talked about it. So I feel lucky in the fact that I started off profitable and started off, you know, didn't have to, you know, do, I did my, you know, portfolio build, but I was never shying away from pricing. All right. And so, um, and I think that that's um, hard nowadays. And we've had that conversation before, but um, it's, it was easier for when I started than it is now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love that you had a background that serves
0: your photography business. Because if we don't get work and we don't have profitable pricing and all the other things that make a business run, it doesn't matter how good we are in photography. I imagine you would
1: agree. I 100% agree. I think that there are so many talented photographers that, you know, over-index on the the art side when really if you're wanting to do this full time, you have to index on the business side of it. Mm I like to think of it as it's not a job. We go some people go into it thinking, Oh, this is just I'm doing this as a job. It's actually a starting a business. And if you can sort of frame that in your head of like mm. starting a business versus being a job, you then see that there's a lot of different costs associated with running a business.
0: That's very interesting. Uh, and i've I've heard that before that so many of us, even, people who are very successful. And I will say, I maybe err on the side of I created a job for myself back in the day. Can you kind of define the difference between a job and a business?
1: So a job, you know, um, so how I interpret it, it could be completely wrong. (laughs) Um, So I like to think of my job is actually a photographer within my business. Uh. So I within my you know so that business is doing the account. Well, I outsource accounting. (laughs) That's the number one thing you should outsource at first. I personally think, Um, and it has all these different facets to my business. But my my um, my job I think is a photographer, but it's also a business owner. So you actually have two jobs, and I think if you can frame. It In terms of, you know, I think often photographers, we all name our businesses, I did it, my name. So when I say, you know, it's not I'm charging, it's my business charges, right? So and Mm -hmm. then being able to sort of ladder, take the, um, for your podcast listeners, I'm trying to like articulate it visually. Um, And so your business has costs and then you get paid after your business for doing the photography portion of the job. So that sort of really helps. Of like, if you can even change the terminology of how you talk about pricing, too, of like, well, my business charges, my studio charges, not I charge. It really helps separate yourself because then it's it's sort of like ah, and and even in your client's mind, of like, oh, Jane's studio or Jane's business, you know, charges, or it it really really helps uh, right. just to to shift that mindset of like. I'm not charging um, that amount. It's my business and I have costs. So Mm -hmm. um, I like it. So let me see if I can uh, paraphrase what you're saying
0: is if you realize that you have a business uh, and you're working for the business as a photographer, not that you're a photographer with a business, then there's value in this separation, um, like, uh, sometimes, you know, one of the big issues when I did weddings is some people would be like, why do I have to pay everything up front? I want to, I want to do part now. And then if you show up and I like the work and, and stuff, I'll pay you the rest. And I was able to say, so it's company policy Yeah. rather than I do it because I need the money or mm-hmm. I, you know, something so personal. So I really like that. Yeah. I also like that focusing on this is a business perhaps focuses people's intentions and like what you read, what you study. If you go to school, sure, take photography, but take business. Definitely, like Really take a stand for this is a business I'm creating, not a job as a photographer. So yeah, yeah.
1: it's a business that gives you income and you have, you know, photography is a job, but also how about editing is another job or you can price yourself enough to pay for that edit, outsource the editing, but also, you know, you're a salesperson, like there are different jobs within your business. Mm -hmm. So, and it also, it frames it of like, businesses have costs, right? Jobs don't, right? The job's, really have costs if I was going to work out? Oh, no, I have a paycheck. Right. Right. So it really helps you sort of frame it. And if you can, I love the company policy. Mine was called studio policy. Um, And sometimes um, my fake studio manager would have to come on and answer a hard email <laughs> and, and actually it wasn't really <laughs> fake but she um it was an assistant but um of mine and I ended up you know I asked her I was like can I use your name sometimes because it's so much easier to say my from oh I'm popping in here um Jane's on a shoot blah 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 you know just mm-hmm. want to give you the information because it's very hard because you you as a photographer are tr- you know, if you've had all these like icky conversations where someone's like, negotiating with you, but then you have to go and like photograph them, you know, and you yeah. have, like, so like, even just to sort of separate it that way, I find that um, my assistant is much stricter. <laughs> That's just a tip.
0: <laughs> I have a really, really mean boss that holds the line on me. <laughs> So I hope my
1: clients aren't listening. They're just kidding.
0: <laughs> So I'm getting, um, it like a like a whole revelation about how people who are like oh i need a, l- a little extra money so i'm going to go shoot people <laughs> <laughs> I, I said that exaggerated because i i think words are important and yeah photograph portrait sessions i you know i don't shoot people uh, um, we all do but i'm going to shoot people for a little extra money And that mindset maybe is one of the things that um, keeps, I don't know, the culture that's going on now of people not valuing themselves and their business and charging very little because in a job, if you got paid $300 for what looks like two hours of work, that's a good job, right? But if whoever's listening to this that needs to hear this, if you can up-level your consciousness that this is a business and a profession, then we can realize that, oh, there's a lot of jobs within the business. Yeah. And yeah, does that...
1: That resonates with me and what I've tried to... tell educate a little bit on is um it isn't a quick extra income just because you have a camera and a computer because uh one there's tax implications but two if you are interested in doing this for extra income you know be a second photographer likely you are going to make more money and not yeah. having to build your business because one of the things that people we see nowadays is oh so and so they look so Successful, they've book out their mini sessions or their shoots all the time. Well, they have a they have a client base that is coming back year after year. And so early on, if you're thinking about going into it, you know, second shoot for weddings or associate shoot for another photographer, that way you don't actually have to build the business. You can get an hourly pay and um without, or if you really want to build your business, just know that even though it seems like there aren't costs now, you know, I've got, I'm obsessed with my calculator, but we've done like studies of like how often photographers replace their cameras, replace their lenses, replace their computer. You know, you have costs, even your internet, your gas driving, there's so many costs that are associated with it. And all I want is for someone to make more money than, you know, extra income, say the kid down the street that's borrowing their parents lawnmower is making 25 bucks an hour to mow the lawn. Mm-hmm. You need to be making more than that. you know. Yeah. So <laughs> I just, at the end of the day is like, um, I, and, and again, my, another example I have is like the people say, well, I need more experience. I need this. If you look back at my website 2010, I probably, I don't know how people bought my work but they did but they also if your website reflects your work and your pricing doesn't matter right you know there's you can't keep doing free shoots or cheaper shoots for the long period of time just to actually get experience you can actually start charging pretty much from day one Mm -hmm. so I'm charging
0: your worth right my suggestion is always and tell me if if this is in line with what you're saying don't charge until you've got the portfolio and you're good enough that you can charge good money right and we don't have to be fabulous we just have to be good enough that someone will pay us right rather than starting out what i call cheap and cheerful I don't know if that's a British term. I think I've heard cheap and cheerful. Yeah, Yeah. I think it is. Um, That and gobsmacked. I love those. I love gobsmacked (laughs) is a brilliant word. I'm going to use that more. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, when we start out really cheap, there's no coming back for that. No. To then start getting those people who are now referring us to be like, oh, she paid two hundred dollars, but I'm two thousand dollars. So, yeah. free or
1: charge? Well, it sounds like you're. That's the methodology. Yeah, that I because one of the things is you know you can be the you know the one percent that can actually build. I've I've really not spoken to anybody that can really you know not have to work to get themselves out of that hole you know that they've built for themselves and um, being the cheap photographer in town or you know and and you can't really compete on pricing cuz somebody's always going to be cheaper what you need to do is figure out what you need to make and and focus on yourself and getting your clients there is um the mindset of like oh everyone's charging here or you know so cheap that's not the case might be in the case where you're you are looking at facebook groups or something like that but i mean for me i used to want to rank on google um really high but i don't really care anymore because i have enough repeat clients that keep coming back every year and they refer me to other people so like the 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 higher-end photographers are not necessarily ranking high on google and that's for a reason because they have already have their client base So I think that you can start what you need to go on and you just have to find, you know, like if you're a family photographer, how many clients do you really need? Max 100. Mm -hmm. Just look at your local area within the radius of, you know, 30 miles and see how many kids are in each school and how many babies are being born. And you'll be surprised at how many families there are and that you only need you know, you need your first 10 raving fans that are going to help you, you know, get to the hundred and then they come back every year. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need. So you don't have to have the whole area. Um, you know, you just want to, if you want to do this seriously and make a living, that's a mindset you have to fa- take. Mm.
0: So the mindset is what, can you summarize that
1: again? So the mindset is like, we go into the, um, let's say the the groups or the Facebook groups or like no one's charging around here, or people around here won't pay that. Mm. they will, and you don't need the whole town and the whole surrounding towns to pay it. You need a hundred clients right. to pay it. You don't right. need so and and start looking. I like to um, I went through a period uh where there was an influx in my area of extremely cheap photographers and I ended up having to unfollow everybody because I was going (sighs) down a I was going down a, I was rabbit holing I was like negative and and so one of the things I, I actually took a course on like mindset and they said well just look around take a day and look around and I was like oh wow people are in my area they are paying a thousand dollars for one week of kids camp but they're paying eight weeks and they have an nanny or i was looking at like the schools around me just in my two towns like five you know five thousand families like there's an abundance and and i then i started to shift of being like I, there is money out there yeah. that will will and i'm not charging you know A ridiculous amount. I'm charging enough to make a very good living, Mm -hmm. in my mind.
0: So, yeah, I'm thinking about like unless, (laughs) unless, someone's living in like a pioneer town in the middle of nowhere, where you know I'm thinking about like cowboy times and sheriffs and lawlessness. If there's a a town or a city, there's going to be a mayor. Uh, a doctor or somewhere within, you know, a driving radius. Yeah. Architect, like there are people who are professional that work and earn money and have extra money.
1: Well, and it's also, I found, you know, I'm actually in a very wealthy neighborhood, and I've actually found for me, it's actually not the richest mm-hmm. that come for me. It's ones that value photography and like my style, right? So it doesn't, and they don't, they don't have to be the ones that are making millions of dollars, right? They're you know single moms, and you know they just love photography, and mm-hmm. so it's it, you know that's one thing that I people say oh you can charge cuz you're in that area and i'm like mm. it's actually not what you think like <laughs> i think my local area is the worst for it <laughs> and they're very like uh they just don't value photography and that's all you need you need people that love photography like and and you can't put a price on that and you can't put a job title or an income on that because mm-hmm. people will save my one woman she was a single mom and she would buy you know three packages a year from me. And I'm like, I don't know how much you make, but (laughs) I'm at least 10% of your income, um, you know, for, for what she wanted and that's what she wanted. And so, and you just have to find them. And then she was great at referring me to people that liked photography. So. So what I hear is don't be afraid to charge what
0: you need to charge to be as successful as you need and want to be. Figure out how to find the people who agree with you and are willing to work with you and
1: yeah.
0: give you that. I love it. I love it.
1: And I think, well, one thing that I want to add to that, because I, you know, like you said, like have a takeaway is like if somebody would want to, like, they're like, okay, Jane, I have no idea who that person is, right? Well, go through, if you're a photographer, go through your client list of who are the clients you absolutely love mm-hmm. and make an ideal client. And I actually had, um, the, I did this exercise very close after the the mindset work that I did. And I, her name was Jessica. She was X, Y year old. I actually went from the age and I worked backwards to the most popular name, and, you know, I actually got like six inquiries of within a month. They were all called Jessica. But visualize it and figure out where they shop and where are they um, going. And, and you can actually do that with the people that you know first rather than starting with a blank slate.
0: hmm Okay. So we want to figure out who our favorite clients are, give them a name, and then figure out where the heck... Similar people hang out. Yeah. Birds of a feather flock together. So what if you don't have clients? So you can't look at, oh, who would be who's my favorite client? Well, I don't have any. So
1: right. So what I would do is um, you know, depends. If you you don't even have a website yet, or you don't have any clients, you will have to sort of make up a hypothetical client, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you're a newborn photographer. Google like what is the average age, you know, of a mom in your area and mm-hmm. work backwards. And, you know, you know your pricing likely they're gonna have both working, right? Or one working, and figure out like who are your friends' groups of, you know, who do you okay, all of my friends are nurses, right? Okay, do it's that type of occupation or teachers or architects or anything like that. Um, but again, it's sort of like figuring out the mindset of people who value photography. Mm-hmm. And so, and then putting a name to that. And you can, you know, maybe they're 28. And what was the most popular woman's name 28 years ago? Right. And right. You go backwards. Like I like that because it's just sort of like that's the most names that you're going to get. And then you can start seeing, because it's not so so abstract, it is like, okay, I'm going to go after, you know, Jessica, I'm going to use mine. Um, And she is 32 and she uh, likes XYZ. And then you start seeing... You know, maybe she isn't on Instagram or she is on Instagram or maybe she's on Facebook or maybe I just need to make the website so easy for her to use and comfort. For me, what it was, was I knew she was a working mom. And mm. so for me, I wanted to make sure that she knew that that decision was taken care of and her kids are going to be happy on the shoot because she has less time than she, you know, she probably has more time than she thinks with the kids. But she wants a weekend or she wants the evening. Any time that she spends with her family, she doesn't want a disaster. Mm. She wants to know she's taken care of. So how do you message that? It's not all about photography. It is right. about your clients. And it's like they aren't going to be taking the risk with their money or their time. And mine, that was actually time. Uh, I I really was like, you know, you know, you're going to get a great experience. Your kid's going to be happy. And that's, again, if you get an inquiry, that's in the inquiry email of like, you know. So the more that you can know the mindset of why someone is buying photographs too. Mm -hmm. Like, so, you know, mine was definitely towards working moms who really just wanted, you know, a good experience, but also needed them for holiday cards or a birth Mm -hmm. announcement or wanted them every year because she wants to feel like she's part of the family, you know. Mm -hmm. So
0: So what I'm hearing underneath all of that is pain points. Mm -hmm. So what you just shared in the last minute or so was the solutions to the pain points. So I imagine at some point you identified what are my ideal clients up at night worrying about? What's their priorities? What is it that would be a not satisfactory experience for them? Because in this case, this is a mom who doesn't have time to waste time or, or to do all the things that it takes and hire somebody that isn't going to be full service because your client wait you said it's Jennifer? Jessica. So Jessica. <laughs> Je, Jessica, Jennifer, and Michelle and Stephanie. They were all in the same yes, <laughs> the same birth group. Yeah. Um, and they're the same. I have a lot of those too. Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um anyway. That these are the things that are priorities to them. And so then you can address that in multiple levels, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Making yeah. Everything easy, communicating that you're making everything easy for them so they can kind of go, oh, okay. Yeah. I know I can just hire Jane or dear listener, yes. hire you. Yes. And it's taken care of, and they can relax and focus on what they really care about. So I like that. And what I'm hearing here, too, is because, like, first on my actual questions was, how do we price for profit? (laughs) And so what I'm hearing, without having to ask you that question, is the foundation of that. Am I right in that? Yeah. That, That, so first of all, you're saying, you need to know that there are people who will pay what you need to be profitable. You need to figure out who they are, where they hang out, how to reach them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, what would be a next step in pricing for profit?
1: So, I think, um, and we covered it a little bit earlier in terms of you know knowing that it's a business. So, mm-hmm. I I would recommend you know having the 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 step probably, bef- you know, can come at any point, you can even be charging now, but to really understand your numbers, and how many shoots that you can do. Mm-hmm. And so like, doesn't really matter what income you need to make, you might need to make a lot less living in, you know, a town, you know, where you don't have, you know, a million dollar house, your house is 100,000, than somebody that is you know, trying to bring in income for a million dollar house. Mm-hmm. But you need to know and also how many hours you need to work, right? So you have to figure all this out of like, um, you know, how much income do you need to make? And sometimes that is quite difficult for people to actually know, well, I don't know how much money I need to make, which is quite scary. But it is, if you are working at a job now, what is the replacement value of that? Just right. if you have to start somewhere, okay i'm working and i'm making $30,000 i'm going to start and make $30,000 with photography if i want to quit my job or i need to make 40 because i'm making 10 for my photography business now and then you go through you know what's your current costs and also future costs because if your camera 3 years down the road you know breaks and you need a new one you know that's a significant amount of money you know coming out or your computer you know we know mm-hmm. those computers and then it'll come. Um, then you can figure out what you need to charge per session, right? Mm-hmm. So, or what you need to make in revenue per session. You might have more costs if you're selling wall art, but like, what is your take-home revenue that you need to make, right? So, that would be one of the things that I would look at. And it might scare you because you might need to be charging fifteen hundred dollars for a family photo shoot, and you're charging three hundred now, but again it's sort of like you don't need that many clients you, you need to you deserve to be paid for your time and talent right i there's something i
0: heard early in my career uh, one of the speakers that was talking about pricing for profit and and the joke the old joke is um well i'm losing uh, $25 per client once i broke down all my expenses but i'm going to make it up in volume <laughs>
1: That is funny, that yeah. is a good one, yeah, yeah, and and the
0: that model, um, I've sat with people who were charging three zeros rather than four and broken down okay, so if if you're able to keep half of that because expenses, taxes, so forth, uh, how many sessions do you need to do in a year to reach? your goals and it can be like five hundred or something. Yeah. And, and <laughs> nobody's well, got time and energy for that.
1: Also physicality, like so I there's that's one of the reasons and and we can chat about it, but I did create a calculator that was based on time studies, right? Because physically you can't do that. Like so um I mentored a photographer and she had, I think it was weddings. And um she wasn't, you know, she was in an area where you didn't have to make as much as if you were in new york um but she was doing um i think it was 800 and she was like i've done my cost of doing business i was like okay um i i highly doubt it that that can be profitable but let's go through the numbers and what she'd done was she'd actually use someone's calculator she was smart she was like i'm gonna do a calculator but she'd put in 100 weddings first of all yeah. average full-time wedding photographer does around 50 25 right and right. if they're doing more than that what they're doing is they're outsourcing the editing or they're okay. having an associate so but for the regular wedding photographer you have about 25 hours so i was like okay times that by four you know times that 800 by four is your base is 3200 which is still low in wedding photography but It is more realistic because she was also saying, I don't understand why wedding photographers charge three thousand, four thousand, five thousand dollars in my area. I'm in a small town when realistically they've just run their numbers. And so the light bulb went off. And so then for me, what I was realizing that's missing sort of in the industry is sort of like how many how many shoots can you physically do? Versus how many can you do? It's like an open-ended, oh, I will do 3,000 when I'm first starting out. I don't know. One, can you physically do it? Two, that's a lot of clients to try and get.
0: Right. And (laughs) with weddings, that's a lot of time away from your family, your friends. When I started doing weddings, I had a social community. And, And then I realized I cannot hang out with them and drink. Right. And right. Maybe, maybe back in those days, used to smoke a little. I can't do that on a Friday night because I have to be clear on Saturday. Yeah. And then to Sunday, I'm in pain. Right. From running, you know, the adrenaline hangover, the physical hangover. And pretty soon that whole social group went away. And if I had had, and I did have a spouse at the time, and he was lonely because I wasn't there with that social group with him. And I sacrificed a lot of my prime life in my 30s and 40s doing weddings. Eventually, I got where I would only do two or three a month. And And then I would send them to friends and those friends would send theirs back to me but the lifestyle consideration you know even if we could do that is that serving like we've only got so much time on the planet right um so yeah i love you saying that that the the physicality can you actually do that and do you want to right
1: well and it's also a case of like let's treat ourselves like humans that we are you know so like the time-based study and so the 25.6 or whatever I came out is I actually put in as a 35 hour work week. And by the way, you need two weeks vacation and one week sick time. Like we are, we are entitled to have a vacation, but not necessarily build it. You know, like I can't take a vacation because I can't shoot because I need more money. Right. So right. it's trying to treat us as if we are a business and you know, your employee yourself needs some time off and they need to right. you not know, and you can work more hours during a busy season, but like at the end of the day, you need to have a realistic of like what's not going to burn you out, what's not going to like break your back, and also like you just mentioned, like the physical hangover. Um, you know, I I really we probably weren't going to get into this, but I feel like it's such a physical job that no one really talks about the actual sacrifices you are making on your body. I have. You know, I'm 47. I have like probably have to have surgery on my thumbs. You know, mm-hmm. I've had carpal tunnel, I've had ulnar nerve tunnel, I've had mummy thumb, all from carrying my camera. Right. And it's knee during the, like the winter months. And I'm in New York and because it really hurts. And like, did I know going into photography that I'd be sacrificing actually parts of my body and your back as a wedding photographer? Mm-hmm. I know so many. And, I, and this isn't Debbie Downer. Like, no. I personally think that. You just need to know because there's a reason why you should probably, if you're a wedding photographer, build in a massage the next day, right? Or buy the gear, buy the proper gear that is going to help you like carry the camera correctly. Right. If you're not charging enough, you're not going to be able to get the holster or get an assistant on the shoot to hold your camera. Right. Right. I'm with you. I had such bad thumb. Uh, Also, not
0: just carrying, but retouching, Editing. yeah. Those little Editing. fine motor skills. And part of why I switched to doing a lot more coaching rather than photographing is is the pain in my thumbs. Yep. And I know so many photographers who've had knee replacements in you know in my era. Yep. Um because of what we did. And also it's that they did a study and Photographers and pilots, those are the most stressful jobs. And I'd say we win because pilots get to sit. But but we have to work our technical brain and our creative brain. And pilots, there's also creativity in flying. But then we're carrying things. Oh, I know the other thing I wanted to say is I'm always encouraging people not to hold their cameras when they're not shooting. And I'm a big tripod fan, partly because I like to compose. It makes head swaps easier, but also <laughs> because then I am i don't have it on my body. Right. I, you know, I remember um, I used to carry all my stuff, and then they invented the wheel at some point in human history, and I discovered <laughs> it and put my gear, you know, in the little wheelie carts. Yeah and it was like a revelation so yeah thinking about that this is a very physically mentally emotionally creatively socially extreme career and yeah. i figured out when i was doing weddings i was and i was getting you know i had in the this was 25 30 years ago um my averages were 3,500 to 6,000. Yeah. So that's a lot more, you know, in real dollars. Um, still with all the time I put into it, I was making like $15 an hour. Right. Because there's just so much more time, even doing a photo session. It's at least 10 hours of work.
1: Yeah. So, it is. yeah. And then, yeah, and and then they also the running the business side of it too, of like dealing right. with inquiries, dealing with like calls, dealing with you know your marketing, you're updating this, and ever since social media, it's like an advent and another pressure. Ugh. So my my thing is is it's not. I don't think people are out there saying you know trying to say hey raise your prices because you know they're just doing it for the sake of it. It's just like figuring out your prices because you know, this is an industry where it's physical, it's time consuming, and there's a lot of costs that you may or may not know about. And so just to do that is really, you know, valuing yourself more and your future Mm -hmm. self. It's not saying, hey, I'm going to be making so much money. But, and again, and I, I will reiterate this is like, if you are, in the need of like I need extra cash like look into second shooting rather than mm-hmm. starting a business or you can do the the same time but you might realize that wow you've got a lot less stress second shooting mm-hmm. and you know you might be better I actually have an assistant who um started with me in 2012 um she wanted to start her business and then she saw all of what I was doing and she's like I'm just going to second shoot an associate <laughs> shoot and she's probably made more than me yeah. um, in terms of take home and hours worked. Right. 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 So um, I just think that it can be um, a way and, it, and it's not necessarily you just, cause you have a camera doesn't mean you, you know, like you have to learn the business side of it and whether that is mentoring through someone that's done it before, like you. Um, and if you're, if you like in-person sales, definitely you should definitely sign up for Lucy's <laughs> course because she's the best. Um, Thank you. But you, but you have to know that it, there's a lot of things that um, it will take to run your business versus just the camera.
0: Right, right. I think, I think we've made our point with that, and <laughs> hopefully, there's like I can, I can hear future people with. Their minds popping that have not really considered that in that way. So I'm really, really grateful, Jane, A, that you um, agreed to be on my show and B, that you're so clear about pricing for profit is much more than, okay, tell me how to price. You know, what should I charge for an eight by 10? I don't know about you, but that. Kind of makes me a little cuckoo when I see that on somebody's Facebook group. I'm in in different Facebook groups, and people are like, "What should I charge for this?" There's no, you can't answer.
1: Well, it's it's a, it's a basically there's a you have to look at the whole thing, right? You know, like how much are you charging for your session fee? How much are you charging? You know, for if you're selling digital,s if you're selling prints, like what is the makeup of that? You know, versus mm-hmm how much should I charge for a five by seven? Well, I, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or what's the markup that, that one always gets me to, oh, an eight by 10 is let's say $5. Right. So I'm going to mark that up three times because that's sort of a, in a, a store that buys goods, a three times markup might be standard, but what we're doing the the cost of printing is actually a gift to them it's right. our time we're getting paid for right yeah. yeah so um any other i any other hot key points that we might have missed on this i, I feel like we've covered a lot
1: i've probably exhausted your audience talking about it <laughs> it's yeah. hard that- I just think that, well, one, I want to say that, like, it is difficult and it is hard. And you just have to, you know, find your client, do the work on mindset, you figure out your costs. And, you know, definitely, you know, it's a business. And so if you were an architect, you would have had a you know, an apprentice or even a hairdresser, you would have learned the business on, on the go. So we don't necessarily have that structure set up in our industry. So you mm-hmm. have to have mentors and coaches that you you know you don't have to not work work for free for a year apprenticing somewhere, but you have to sort of you know pay for the mentorship in another way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. The nice thing about paying for mentorship is it's not like, like, I I just bought a new c- computer yesterday, speaking of computers, because my laptop is just really slowing down. And the new Photoshop, it oh, keeps saying, this will run better on operating system, blah, blah, blah. And my computer cannot get that operating system anymore. So well, yes, it's going to make me income because c- it is a working tool. Mm-hmm. Not as much or as fast as I see many of my clients earn back and then more and more and more. Like it's, it's yeah. an investment. It's like putting
1: money in stocks. Right. <laughs> well, it's also an in- investment and, in, you know, you might not have gone to school for, you, know, you might not have an MBA, you know, like me, right. or you might not have gone to school for business. And actually, even if you did, it's not necessarily like small business entrepreneurship and photography type. So it is more like, okay, well, I'm going to invest myself in a course or a mentorship like you would to go get a, you know, your nursing c- teaching right. certificate or your realtor's license exactly. or anything like that. So that's kind of where we are.
0: Good point. Really good point. Okay. So we're running short on time. Um, And I know you have a, I guess you'd call it a software or program called pixello.com. And I'd love to give you an opportunity to share what that is like where you came up with the notion, what it is, how it might be different. Uh, yeah, not not an hour commercial, but no, uh, I, I, tell me about it, because I'm always on the lookout to recommend programs that can really help people.
1: Yeah. And so, I, uh, you know, having been a photographer a long time and using multiple different softwares and, you know, being cumbersome and, you know, they're not necessarily tailored to photographers that I decided that I would create one myself that is an all in one solution you know, your CRM, like HoneyBook types to collect payments, bookings, have also a scheduler, um, you know, like a Calendly for photographers or Acuity I was using, um, mm-hmm. email, uh, automate workflows and gallery. And um, you can actually, if you did, you know, digitals or like you want, you can do product sales through that, through we partner with White House Custom Color and to be honest, like the, one of my favorite things in there is not necessarily part of the actual software, but it is a pricing calculator to help photographers price themselves. Mm. It's had four years of data and time studies. And so, you know, you can sign up for a free trial and actually just use the calculator if you want to figure out your pricing. But that's my goal. My passion is behind just really making it really easy for photographers to run the business with the software that they can use on their phone and figure out their pricing. That's why Pixello okay. exists. So. so it's a CRM plus gallery plus a calendar. Ah, CRM yeah. plus okay.
0: Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So uh before we started recording, you and I talked about how passionate we both are about helping others and that when something goes well for someone else, it feels like it's happening to us. Mm-hmm. And so what I hear, in your explaining this is that you've set it up in a way, because you're genuinely passionate about helping photographers and other people be successful. Yeah, that's, that's a high value to you. In that. Oh,
1: absolutely. And so
0: you've created this in a way that you can, you can be doing that and not just a okay. Here's a software. Here's our workflow thing. But yeah, but there's
1: yeah. And like you, yeah. There's definitely things. Sorry to interrupt, but there's definitely things that we have within the software that you know you don't know when you're first starting out. Like we just uh, released like email automations, and that is you know. Just to, to reduce the amount oh. of follow-ups, right? Like so we have templated emails written out by job type for like following up just on inquiries, following mm-hmm. up on that's that person like submitted their um signed their contract but didn't do the d- retainer, right? So it automatically follows up for you. I mean, just do some work for me. That's what software should do, and like take the headache away and the minutiae of running the business. Wow. And you know, that's kind of what um my ADHD brain decided to do. <laughs> so
0: what they say in England is it's brilliant. <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> Thank brilliant. you. So well, I, I have,
0: uh, sorry to interrupt. I have one little thought in the back of my mind um, pertaining to our, our conversation about pricing for profit.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I imagine you would agree with that. So I'm just going to summarize it. And if you have anything else to add is, Yes, you can set a price, but now you have to figure out the path to get that money and and how to sell and so forth. So, for example, I use the theory of people invest low enough that the people that can invest really well aren't going to be like, oh, that's too much money out of the gate. High enough so that the people that are looking for cheap and cheerful are like, "Whoa, it's that much." Because I have a strategy, my step-by-step sales system gets someone from a five or six hundred dollar initial commitment paid in upfront to thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars because I'm nurturing that whole thing, whereas. Yeah. Someone with a different way of selling or what they're selling, we have to figure out how to nurture that sale along. Because if if I, for me, with my method, if I just put on my website, uh, most people are going to spend two to ten thousand dollars. That's not going to serve my system. No, I I just need to get them interested and get that personal contact and begin to you know, do the whole the whole program. So uh, I just thought, you know, it's a good idea to maybe have a little bit of a caution for people that setting a price also involves and now how are we going to get there?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. And and I think that you, you know, you, you you have your system in place, which is great, you know, and I think that most um photographers just need sort of the guidance of like how am I going to get to that sale
0: right? right 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 um okay so two quick questions one mm-hmm. I know you have a bonus or a little goodie that you would love for people to acquire yeah. <laughs> so what would that be and uh how did they get
1: there yeah so um one of the things that we we sort of like really seeing new photographers is you know the mini session interest and in how to run mini sessions. So we have um on our website and we can put it in the show notes is like how to run mini sessions, just what are they and you know how often are they run and on how to sort of market them. So it's pixello.com backslash photography dash mini sessions dash one okay. oh um, one. And so That'll give you an ebook of um, really some good tips on running profitable mini sessions.
0: Great. And that is in the show notes. So if you're like, but wait, I'm driving. You can (laughs) go to YouTube and, and see the show notes. You can go to any of the podcast platforms and see that. Okay. So my last question is either... opportunity to share something you haven't that you'd be like oh I wish I had mentioned that as well um around pricing for profit or whatever or just what is your kind of last word that you want people to take away from our lovely conversation
1: (laughs) thanks um well my my last word is sometimes it's it's just everybody like just know that it's really difficult for a photographer every photographer any creative person to figure out pricing and you just sort of like you know if you need to go to an accountant and figure it out or you go to you know hire a mentor or anything like that or use our calculator but know that this is being said out of love and it's being said out of you know We really just want you to succeed. It's not anything to do with, you know, we are having an agenda. (laughs) I just just want you to make money from your art and your time and not be in a situation two or three years from now that you are, you know, having to get out of or having to quit photography because, you know, your husband or your partner or somebody, you know, lost their job and you can't sustain you know that income or they got injured mm-hmm. and they can't work anymore so it's really just looking out for you your future self that's but Love it's it. hard Love it's it. hard yeah and it's also fun it is fun yeah and all of the whole
0: business thing well uh, i want to remind people to stay tuned for my little quickie wrap up and jane this has just been so delightful and informative having me i'm I'm so happy to if people listen regularly they know i like to make new friends and (laughs) i feel like we have this fun connection and i look forward to chatting again i'd love to be in your mentorship program yeah that's great so we'll talk
1: about that on the side um, but (laughs) thank you thank you thank you thank you so much lucy this was great you're welcome
0: Oh, gosh, I just love meeting new people and never know where conversations are going to go. Um, So that's the fun of doing this podcast. I think the quick wrap up here is basically about seeing what we're doing as a business and that one of our jobs is a photographer. And so if it's a business, then we need to figure out how to make enough income to keep the business running smoothly and having money come in and being able to pay your employees, even if you're the only employee in a living wage. And there's this thing she mentioned when we were talking offline about a passion tax. And I was like, what is that? And so I looked it up and it says a passion tax Is the expectation that people who do work they are passionate about will accept fewer benefits, lower pay, and poorer working conditions. And man, I think that sums up so much of the challenge here. Is because we love it, we are not thinking of it like, and I need to get paid really well because we would do it for free. You know, now I We'll do a lot of photography for for free, but we need to get income for so many reasons. And that's a whole other conversation. So thanks again. Uh, feel free to go to LucyDumascoaching.com, Lucy with an I, and reach out if you want to have a chat about your pricing, or I can take a look at your website, or anything. And that's it. Bye for now.